You're listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, a civil engineering planning and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve the quality of life within the communities we serve. This episode's host is Clay Schneckloff. Brand new tennis courts. They look amazing. They first get finished. Everybody's excited. Let's get out there and start playing. But how do we get there? The first phone call that we receive is from the school or the city and say, we've got some cracks that are showing up. Can you stop out, take a look, figure out what we need to do next? We've been through these when there's all kinds of different scenarios that happen to tennis courts. So we're going to follow a process. When we get these initial phone calls, we start looking at the existing analysis of what these courts are doing and start planning what can we do to help your courts, whether it's a brand new set of courts, rehabbing an existing set of courts, or updating some portion of your existing courts. We'll start working with you on what those concepts are, start pulling together designs, and then start moving forward with bidding and construction of these tennis courts. From that process, we'll start talking about the actual design of the tennis court surfacing itself. We're going to concentrate on that part. Tennis court surfacing is a complete system. We need to make sure we're aware that it's not just the surface paint that we're seeing. It's the subgrade, the subbase, the subdrain that's associated with it, the asphalt mix that's going to be placed, and then the surfacing on top of it. Those are all items that we need to be aware of, not just one of those. All those work together as a complete system. Other items that we'll want to discuss when we're meeting court access, how are people getting to there? Where are the spectators going to be sitting to view the matches? What type of slope are we having on the courts? What's the surface drainage? We really don't want a hillside draining onto our tennis courts. We're going to look at what we have draining to this area because water is one of the main issues with fluctuation of the courts and getting the cracks in there. What's the wind like on the place that we're going to be placing these courts? Is it on top of a hill and super windy? And lighting, sometimes it's nice to be able to provide that amenity for a city or a school for play in the evening. The components of the tennis court surface start with the rock sub-base. We need to have this rock sub-base be able to be compacted, but we also need it to be drainable. We've worked with suppliers around the state on different types of modified sub-base. It needs to have 6% or less passing the 200 sieve. If it has more than 6% in that 200 sieve, the smaller rocks clog up the pores and that sub-base is not drainable. That's the issue. We want to get the water out of there so this subgrade doesn't heave or swell and cause cracks in your surface. Because most of the courts that we're doing are an asphalt mix or an asphalt design. And when the subgrade or subbase moves, that will crack through the top. Getting rid of that subgrade water is key on a successful project. The asphalt mix design. Over the years, there's been different options that we've looked at. There's a chert or a shale rock material that's showing up in some of the asphalt mixes. So we want to make sure you're working with the asphalt supplier and also the quarries to verify that we're getting a clean mix that we're specifying. Iron pyrite is also a product that's showing up in the asphalt mixes. To alleviate that, we specified a manufactured sand instead of a natural sand. The manufactured sand has eliminated the iron pyrite, which causes the rust volcanoes on your surface. So specify the manufactured sand to alleviate rust spots. One of the items that we're also talking about when we're working with suppliers are the surface shrink cracks. We're seeing this on the very top surface of the asphalt. 
It's happening with a spider web type of crack. So we're looking at different products because once that surface cracks, that will reflect through your paint surface above. So what are our options to help alleviate surface cracks from the asphalt? Using a flexible acrylic resurfacer as part of our paint surface helps keep that crack from reflecting through there. Our surfacing products, there are three main suppliers that we work with, Laycold, PlexiPave, and Sportmaster, all carry very similar products. They all have similar characteristics for temperatures and timing. We want to make sure that we have everything ready and our surfacing installed before October 1st. After October 1st, the weather is varying too much and we're not getting the nighttime temperatures that we're needing to put down this top surface paint. After we get the asphalt down, we want to make sure we have it down for 20 days before we start putting our surface product on. One of the other key things on the asphalt installation is specifying 0.8% cross slope on this. This is side to side, not end to end. We need to consider how we're going to surface water off of the courts themselves. So a 0.8% cross slope side to side is what we anticipate and what we design for. With this being that flat, 0.8%, really flat, there's a great possibility of bird bass. So you really need to work with your contractors on making sure we're getting a good quality and making sure they're paying attention to what they're doing and getting the surface installed at that flat of a rate. Some of those bird bass can be fixed with a cork patch binder after the asphalt's been installed but there's only a certain depth that you can build that surface up to. There's been a lot of questions about asphalt versus post-tension concrete tennis courts. A lot of the courts that we've worked with are asphalt courts, but there's been more and more questions about post-tension. Post-tension is a structural concrete slab with tension cables through it. The asphalt's flexible, so the post-tension is going to allow you more resistance to movement and cracking, which has always been the issue with asphalt quartz is the movement cracking that reflects through the surface. The post-tension quartz are a more expensive quart. They're about one and a half times the cost of an asphalt quart. So a lot of times we fall back to an asphalt type system. The asphalt type system also needs regular maintenance to the surface. There are crack joint sealants that need to happen. We're in a post-tension concrete type system there's going to be less maintenance to the surface. So there's pluses and minuses to both. The post-tension is going to have a longer lifespan. There is limited contractor availability on post-tension concrete tennis courts, where there's quite a few asphalt contractors that understand construction methods for asphalt-type systems. Installing the asphalt takes big equipment. So when we're talking about where we're going to place these tennis courts, we need to make sure we have access to get the dump trucks in and out of there. After we get the asphalt down, we start working on placing the paint surface. We do need to wait 20 days after the asphalt's down to start doing the painting. It takes about two weeks to get that paint surface down. As soon as they get that paint surface down, we recommend about 48 hours before you get out there and start playing on it. A lot of these schedules are similar to track and synthetic turf projects. It's a temperature-sensitive project. We want to try and start construction in May. We want to make sure we have the asphalt down by September 1st. That gives us our 20 days to cure, and we can also get our two weeks of putting fence in while it's curing, and two weeks of putting the surfacing on it, and that usually gets us finished by October 1st. There's a couple dates there that we want to try and hit for sure. We know this is a spring sport, so we want to try and get in there after the spring activities and do it over the summer months.
Once we get into construction, there's a lot of different testing. We want to make sure we're getting subgrade tested. We're doing proof rolls. We want to have layout verified when it's set up. There's specific distances that we need to have, both with a track and a tennis court. So making sure we're having a layout set that we need to have regulation size. Specified product testing with all our products. A lot of this stuff is showing up in a large barrel. We want to make sure we're getting the quantity of the barrels that we're supposed to crack repair. It's something that we're going to need to deal with and work on. There's many different options that we can talk about and work through depending on the severity. Crack repair, it's just providing some additional life to your system. The cracks will reappear. Crack filler, joint filler is a maintenance item. If you're having bird bass, court patch binding, it's a flowable product that you can help lift some of these bird bass out of there. If you're getting into a repair of substantial size, there's many different fabric repair systems out there, a flexible fabric type system that we can look into and talk with you about. Sometimes they get vertical deflection to a point where we need to talk about full depth repair or replacement of the tennis courts. I get a lot of calls about pinholes that show up in the surface too. Pinholes are reflected of the surface below. The surface below, if it's a coarse surface, not a smooth surface, pinholes will show up when you start putting on the paint surface above it. It also appears during hot weather applications. The water evaporates out of that surface a little bit quicker than it should and creates pinholes. So it's something that we need to be aware of during construction. We try to help you with maintenance of these quartz. A lot of times if you get the new quartz built, you walk away, don't worry about them for a number of years. We do not recommend that. We like to have you get out there and walk the quartz, start a regular maintenance program, contact us with questions, contact appropriate contractor to come in and fill in joints as needed, but be proactive. Be aware of what's going on on your courts. Jump on the issues before they become too bad, and we end up having to do a full replacement. You might be able to extend the life of your courts just a little bit longer. Thank you for listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, a civil engineering, planning, and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve quality of life within the communities we serve. Find content related to this episode on snyder-associates.com.